You're listening to the Very Brave Podcast, the podcast for women who are looking to find their brave and take more bold steps in life. We'll be chatting with women from all walks of life about redefining bravery away from just physical and heroic battlefield acts and being more inclusive of emotional, moral and spiritual bravery. The very things women the world over are participating in every single day. If you're ready to be inspired by stories of feminine bravery from across the globe and you know it's time to make your next bold move, then get comfortable, grab a coffee and let's get started. Hello and thank you so much for joining me today to talk about redefining bravery, Tracy Spicer. Hello, thank you for inviting me. I love what you're doing around bravery. Thank you so much. What would you like to let me know about your background? Although I'm sure you, I know you don't need an introduction, but please let me know uh, a little bit about you and where you are at the moment. Oh gosh, ever since I was 12 years old, I wanted to be a journalist. I wrote for the school newspaper. I finished school. I did a university degree. I worked in radio and television and became a newsreader. But the great joy of my career has been doing work, documentaries, writing books, writing articles around women and girls, particularly in developing countries around the world. Now I'm working on a new book about artificial intelligence, which sounds very different to all of that, but my book's going to focus on the intersection between artificial intelligence, gender and race, because a lot of the bias that I've seen, a lot of the discrimination that I've lived through and seen in the past is being embedded in the machines that will run our future. So I, I guess you could characterise my whole career as looking at different types of bias, past, present and future. And I saw that uh, you have just sold the global rights to your new book, so congratulations. Oh, thank you. Now I've just got to write the damn thing, you know. <laughs> it's all very well and good in theory until you realise you have to tie yourself to a computer every day for eight months and then just bash it out. <laughs> yes. It's, um, I, I have written a couple of uh, very short books for my, uh, my industry, nothing like an eight-month saga, more like eight weeks. So uh, I take my hat off to you, <laughs> to, to you there. Now, uh, we're here to talk about bravery. We're here to uh, discuss what it means to us as women to be brave, which doesn't seem like it necessarily matches up with uh, what society rewards as being brave. To you, how would you define bravery? I think bravery should be considered non-gender specific. And by that I mean traditionally we think about a man, a big burly man who does something physical to save the life of another. And that is incredible bravery and courage. You know, I'm thinking of those cave divers, for example, in Thailand, you know, extraordinary bravery. But as I've become older, I've looked back at some of the women in my life and thought, goodness me, their bravery was extraordinary but not celebrated in the same way. Let me give you just one example. My best friend from school always worked in domestic and family violence from 35 years ago. And that is, you know, a long time to work in that sector. Now she works in the health sector during a pandemic. So mm -hmm. she's an incredible human being. 
But when she started out in her career, she was doing things like, you know, physically rescuing small children from violent households and, you know, being chased out by the perpetrator. That is extraordinary bravery. And a lot of women who work in sexual assault and domestic and family violence aren't really celebrated in the same way for their acts of bravery, which put themselves at not only physical risk, but also psychosocial harm, you know, things like vicarious trauma, the mental health issues, you know, the depressive disorders or anxiety disorders they may develop because of the vicarious trauma over a lifetime. And uh, one of the things that's come up in these discussions is a um, a, a definition of bravery um, that's obviously not just on the physical, like you've just described, but as um, emotional, moral, uh, spiritual. Would you agree with some of those terms t- to define bravery? Yes, definitely. I've never heard it framed like that, but I think you're absolutely right. And, you know, whenever you talk about bravery, you have to talk about risk as well. Mm-hmm. And when women take risks, they tend not to be supported or celebrated in the same way as when men take risks. And often in history, women have taken more risks around, you know, social justice, trying to make the world a better place. Men are celebrated generally for taking risks around making more money, for example. They took a risk in business and they made more money. So again, there's that different gendered framing of risk and bravery. You are listening to The Very Brave Podcast. And when I've asked other women, um, how do you know when you're being brave? Um, I've received answers like I left that relationship um, or I stayed in that relationship because my children were still young and I wanted them to have a roof over their head. I applied for that job even though I thought I wouldn't get it or I started a business even though everyone was telling me not to. So in your own life, how do you know when you've been brave? Oh, when everyone says, why would you do that? That's crazy. (laughs) You know, you do get a lot of negative feedback and sometimes it is good because it makes you reflect upon what your decision is going to be. You can look at it from all different types of angles, almost like a 360-degree review, should I be taking this decision And this is a, look, this is a very small example. I certainly don't think that it's a brave decision to write a book about a particular topic. But when I first started talking about artificial intelligence and bias and bigotry to friends and colleagues about four or five years ago, they were saying, oh, no, why would you write a book about that? No one's going to understand it. No one cares about it, you know. And I guess in a way it takes a little bit of self-belief just to push through that and think, okay, I'm, I'm still going to go ahead. When I was pitching the book to publishers about six months ago, uh, one of the publishing houses came back and in their acquisitions team, there were two people who said, what's artificial intelligence? I don't understand what this book is going to be about. So I guess what I'm saying here is that whether you consider it to be brave or not or crazy, you know, sometimes pushing ahead when everyone's pushing back and saying, no, you shouldn't do it or you can't do it is a form of, of bravery in a very, very small way. I, I definitely agree. And I think when you realise that you are um, you need to summon courage in order to do the thing, to you're at a crossroads, there's a decision or an action to take, uh, that often means that in reflection will determine that we we're brave. And 
many women have mentioned uh, courage with fear and uh, there being a physical reaction in their body when they realise that they're um, about to use courage. Would you agree that you feel something as well when you realise you're being courageous? Yeah, there's definitely an element of fight, flight or freeze. And I'm going to answer this by telling you a story about an incredible woman I met doing one of the documentaries in developing countries. Gosh, when was this? This was in 2012. I went to Uganda to do a story on domestic violence. Uh, At that time, there was a rate of domestic violence in Uganda of 80%. In fact, if a man didn't beat his wife, he was considered to be less of a man and ostracised from his community. And there was this incredible woman called Jennifer who is the bravest woman I've ever met in my entire life. Now, she was a survivor of domestic violence. She had the worst story I've ever heard. I won't go into it because it is that horrific. But she literally had that fight, flight or freeze where she ran to this women's refuge three hours out of Kampala where we were filming a story And she fell to her knees and said to the Action Aid people, that's an anti-poverty agency that ran the Women's Refuge, please help me. Now, the women's, uh, the Action Aid women stormed straight into the Ugandan parliament and told the women legislators about Jennifer's story. They walked out of parliament and said, we're not coming back and passing any laws until there's a law against domestic violence in this country. And that's what happened. Jennifer changed the laws in that country by her bravery and her physical reaction of getting out of that dangerous situation, going to where she could seek help, and then the aid agency was able to achieve this incredible legislative change as well as getting Jennifer out of the dangerous situation, setting her and her children up in a house away from the perpetrator. So I think that's an example of Jennifer was incredibly brave and when she spoke about it, she felt like she had absolutely no choice. It was fight, flight or freeze. She had to fight and she had to run, you know, and that's what she did to, you know, incredible results changing the course of her country's history. And I imagine she didn't receive a bravery award, even though we can sit here and go, wow, that's just unbelievably brave. She never did, but it is the biggest story of bravery I have ever witnessed and heard about and yet because she is uh, a woman of colour in rural Uganda you know it's not like she's going to be up there at the UN receiving bravery awards and I think that's a terrible shame. You are listening to the Very Brave Podcast. How do we change that? How do we put a spotlight on these possibly everyday acts but They're also, they have an element of danger, like the one you've just described. Is there a way to change society's perspective on what bravery is for the majority of us? As a long-time journalist, I've seen time and again how storytelling changes hearts and minds. We saw it with the marriage equality debate, how people were quite split in Australia until there was more storytelling around it. People were courageous enough to come out and tell their own stories. And that's what influenced people to change their opinions. Perhaps we need to see publicly more women and people in marginalised communities put on pedestals for their bravery rather than the traditional Australian model of bravery, which is usually the guy who's the firefighter or the surf lifesaver or 
someone who's done something physical within the military, which is still incredibly male-dominated. I'd like to see more anecdotes covered by the mainstream media about the kind of bravery that is usually hidden. I know um, for myself, like even yesterday, flying into South Australia, as, as we were talking about before, I had to go via Queensland and I had to actually be brave to even leave my home uh, because I was told if I tried to enter Queensland um, that I'd be fined and detained at the airport and that they possibly wouldn't let me fly on to South Australia. And I was actually monitored by two armed police officers until I got onto my second flight because I've come in from the forbidden state. Things like that where you're scared, you know, that scares your pants off, <laughs> um, you know, and, and some people would say that as a risk not worth taking and that I, I shouldn't be flying and I, I shouldn't be trying to do what I'm doing. But there's things like that going on in our lives every single day where we're just trying to make the best of bad situations, we're trying to get ahead for our families. And I've found through this process that women often don't even identify that they're doing something cor courageous or have done something brave. Do you think it's uh, through storytelling again that we can help or is there something that we can do at a much more grassroots level? Yeah, storytelling will help women realise that what they're doing is brave in these everyday acts. And where my mind goes with this question is childbirth. For many, many centuries and still now in many parts of the world, childbirth is goddamn dangerous. You know, women take a risk physically having children. They might die. Their baby might die. You know, our um, our first child, who's now turning 17, which is incredible, almost died when he was born. He had two uh, terrible lung complications. He ended up in neonatal intensive care fighting for his life for 10 days in uh, the public hospital at Royal North Shore, you know, in a little CPAP machine with oxygen being forced into his lungs and needles and tubes poking out of everywhere. Uh, yet we never look at this as, oh, goodness, you know, isn't it? Isn't it brave for women to give birth? <laughs> Isn't it brave that these little lives, you know, fight for every breath? And that's an everyday example of bravery. People give birth every day and we don't think about it as a very big thing. It's just a natural function of being a woman apparently. But mm. it is courageous, particularly in some parts of the world. So what you're saying is, yes, storytelling is important, but it's the everyday I guess smaller acts of bravery rather than the large acts of taking action against an injustice mm. that we should be celebrating. Yeah. And do you have any ideas on how women can perhaps do that with each other just, you know, at a at a smaller level? How do, how do we encourage more women just to look at the things in their everyday life and and not wait for external validation, I guess is is what I'm saying. Part of the problem, is, and this is getting better but slowly, is that women are often the carers in society, the ones who are predominantly hands-on caring for the children, for elderly relatives. They've got the mental load of running the household as well. And they just don't have the time to reflect on what they're doing or to stop to celebrate what they've achieved in some small way. Mm. So one way that women can do it within their own groups, whether it's mother's groups or friendship groups or family, is to say to each other, look, how's your week been? Tell us about one of your wins. Tell us about what you're celebrating. Tell us about a risk that you took. Yeah. And perhaps not frame it necessarily around bravery or courage, 
but around what did you do that was, you know, that you're really proud of, that you took a leap of faith and it worked out. Ready to wake up every day and live your bravest life? Sign up today for our 365 Days of Brave and you will receive a daily brave message from Rachel Evans herself directly into your inbox, completely free of charge. Go to bravemedianetwork.com backslash 365 and sign up for your daily brave messages today. That's, I definitely agree. I think, you know, we do that in business with our clients every Wednesday. It's, you know, what's your win for the week? But we don't sit around with our, uh, the people that we spend the most time with and, and say, you know, what's something great you did this week? I want to celebrate with you. So I think that's a great idea. Now, if we look at your career for just a moment, I've been reading through um, your book, The The Good Girls Stripped Bear, very eye-opening in, uh, in parts. And I'm wondering, in your early career, you know, you, you talk about uh, a couple of your bosses and, and their dominance and uh, their what we wouldn't accept today. Do you feel like looking back on it now? Do you feel like you were brave then to stay in the industry and and push through to where you are today? I'm a little angry at myself for not standing up earlier. To be honest, I feel weak for going along with it for so long because when there's so much sexism and misogyny around you in a male dominated industry as you as you know mm. it can sometimes become almost like a wallpaper you become accustomed to it being there and you it's not that you don't have the strength to call it out it's just that you think it's normal mm. until you talk to friends in other industries and they go what that happened that person said that he did this what that's not normal so it really took for me to be terminated weeks after returning from maternity leave to wake up and to have that fire in my belly ignited to take action in the federal court and start a national conversation about pregnancy discrimination in the media. So I don't view that as brave. I'm kind of ashamed that it took me that long to stand up, but it was wonderful because it actually sparked bravery in others. I got about 800 emails from people saying, you know, this happened to me or from men, this happened to my wife, my sister, my aunt, my mother, this maternity discrimination must stop because at that time it affected one in two women in the workplace. Mm. When people speak out, it does encourage others to be brave and courageous and to take that step, whether it's going public or taking legal action or just telling one person about what happened to you, it almost sets off a domino effect. And that's what I think is exciting and should be celebrated. And what is it that you would like um, your children and uh, hopefully grandchildren to know about being brave? Oh, I'd like my children, and if I'm lucky enough to have grandchildren, my grandchildren, to know that anyone can be brave, Mm. regardless of their gender, at any times in their lives. Children can be brave. Look at Greta Thunberg. Mm. Wow. She's been brave on a, on the global stage and being trolled for it, which is horrific. Look at Malala Yousafzai, mm-hmm. stood up for girls being educated and got shot in the head. You know, you can really be brave at any age, and they're very, very big examples. What the problem is when you're younger is you get into a habit of being risk averse. So I'd like to say to my kids and grandkids, 
you know, take calculated risks, stand up for yourself, believe in yourself, and then bravery and courage will come from that. And I imagine that you've got a few more brave moves uh, left in you. Can you tell me about what your next brave move is going to be? Oh, I don't know about that. I'm 54 now and I know it sounds really terrible to say that, but I kind of just feel like I want to go into semi-retirement now. You know, yeah. I've had a, a lovely career. I've got a nice family. The kids are teenagers. I want to spend some time with them now they're becoming young adults. And I have worked an awful lot, you know, possibly too much. So I'd like to step back a little bit now with regards to bravery. Do you know what? I'd like to be brave enough to step back from work a bit because I do love working. You become a bit addicted to being a career person. So I hope I have the courage to be able to step into some form of semi-retirement without twiddling my fingers and thinking, right, what do I need to do next? (laughs) I love that. And um I, I definitely understand the courage that it takes not to go into your inbox and not to do another sweep through social media and to just close everything down and, you know, just walk outside and feel the sun. Um, that uh-huh. definitely, definitely is courageous. You are listening to The Very Brave Podcast. Well, Tracy, thank you so much uh, for sharing your insights with me around bravery. Um, it's a total privilege uh, for me to be able to speak with you today. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Rachel. It's lovely to talk to you and congratulations on everything you're doing. I love it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Very Brave Podcast. If you like this episode, please follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. Also, remember to give us a rating and review. I'll be reading out reviews on future podcast episodes, and I'd love to share your insights. For more information and additional resources, check out the website at www.therealrachel.com and www.bravemedianetwork.com. I love hanging out on Instagram as well. So make sure you follow me there at The Real Rachel Evans. And let's continue this conversation. I look forward to chatting with you next time. Thank you.